Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. Common Sense told me what's going on here is he's looking to get something in exchange for granting my request to stay in the job. I didn't say that. Who would do that? This is the president speaking. I hope you can see your way clear to letting this go, to letting Flynn go. He is a good guy. Wrong. I hope you can let this go. Wrong. Now, those are his exact words. Is that correct? Correct. I mean, I will tell you, I didn't say that. Case of Mr. Comey, every move you make, the president uh, Comey, every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. So she was clearly involved in this whole situation where fake news, uh, as you just described it, big deal, uh, took place. And, uh, you're going to have to help me out here. You are fake news. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show, terrific show, tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. I think we at least look good compared to John McCain. Oh, yeah. The intro there. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen, flanked on my right as always by my wonderful co-host rebecca blonde welcome hello how are you man i'm feeling kind of like john mccain actually this is the second time that my dog has escaped <laughs> like an hour before we go live do you remember so what that happened... show was it a weird show that time too because like, well, we what got, happened we got last time feelings. it was it was a debate it was one of the presidential debates it was in october and roaming millennial was on it that was her second time on. I ah, think. I remember. And yeah. so I was scrambling, but again, I had you guys to kind of bail me out because I missed like half the debate. But I found my dog again, just like last time. <laughs> In the nick of min- time. With minutes to spare before we go live. So all things are good. But uh, the rumors are true that you see in the title of the stream there. We did secure an interview with Lauren Southern. That's coming up in about an hour's time. We recorded it on a Friday evening. Um, so unfortunately, we didn't get to ask Lauren about the Antifa crowd throwing what is suspected to be fox urine uh, on her in her face uh, awaiting confirmation on that as far as i know it's not confirmed but it, it seems like a good theory uh we will show you what happened uh with lauren uh yesterday at a anti-sharia march in new york city i believe is where that happened and then her interview will uh will close uh the show tonight of course we'll cover all the major news of the week including a full breakdown of everything you know need to know about james comey's testimony before the senate intelligence committee uh including john mccain's compelling case for term limits i've never <laughs> been more convinced than i am after listening to that so we'll go through that we'll talk about uh, this week's round of terror attacks one in france uh, one in iran we'll break those down uh, i've learned more about 
Japanese anime porn and tentacle porn, whatever you want to call it, this week than in ever, ever before, my entire previous life combined. I just and Googled that, it right before the show, and I was like, oh, my God. Now you got to tweet a, an accidental screenshot of it, of it, like journalist Kurt Eichenwald. Oh, geez. Uh, we'll, we'll break down that story because that's good <laughs> stuff. We'll bring it up to speed. Plus, uh, not only did Bill Maher fold and apologize for a joke he made on his show a week and a half ago, but this week he brought on bullies to shame him for it uh, and to posture morally on account of the color of their skin. I'll show you highlights of that because, man, did that make me rage on Friday night. And, of course, we'll take your super, super chat, if I could speak, super chat questions and comments in between it all. It will be all this and more on your favorite hour listing material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us float, helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That is beauty and the beta at gmail.com. Remember there's more of the show on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google play, anywhere you find your podcasts, you can find us. Got a couple, uh, listener items for you. Listener contributions. If you want to check those out quickly from Juan Soto. I got this artwork of me. He's doing this uh, freedom of speech superhero series, and I am Milo's fan. I guess my superpower is being Milo's fan, but I'll take that. <laughs> Talk about beta, geez. Yeah, I know. Well, whatever. <laughs> that's I, the I, weakest superpower I've ever heard of, but I, got, that, I like this fan art. That's my superpower in the name of free speech. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate it, Juan. Thank you. And then uh, listener Sean got his patron mock was watching last week. So if you're interested in patron mugs, they are detailed on our Patreon page. You can find that linked in the description. Okay. I don't know if you saw this news this week, but it's going to inflame the chat. It's going to inflame the commenters and it's very important. And that is because this week, Hawaiian pizza inventor, Sam Panopoulos died. <laughs> At the Why age am I of laughing? This is not funny. I'm sorry. Well, I was it, interested to hear your take on this because I'm saddened that the um, Greek immigrant to Canada who invented the concept of pineapple on pizza has passed on. Your thoughts? I'm sad that an old man is lost, but as far as his contributions to pizza making, no. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I can't. This is unacceptable to me. Well, I but, baked, you know, one, up. Like I baked one up for my homie. God, I hate <laughs> There is pineapple all over... This pizza. And it's, I bet it's all soggy. How's that Canadian mm. bacon on it? God, you suck. You just, mm. you suck so much. It goes right with Coors Light. Oh. Coors, you want a sponsorship in this show. So, uh, condolences to the Panopolis family. You will never be forgotten uh, because your pizza will be forever enjoyed, much to the chagrin and or delight of people in our chat. Oh, monsters. <laughs> Okay. What else we got? I have, um, there were so many like random clips of the week this week, like weird little video clips that I found that don't really fit into context with anything else, but I have to play them because they're all individually delightful. You remember last week we, um, we talked about when we were talking about Kofifi, there was the CNN spelling bee bit. Remember that? Yeah, I do. And they asked the spelling bee champion, whoops, to, uh, to spell Kofifi, and she did that. Now, there was a, a piece of that that was omitted. Kofefe, C-O-F-E. So here she is spelling. This was not, I got the, the footage of that from CNN's website. It turns out that was not what aired on CNN. It was edited. Oh, really? <laughs> and they edited out a portion of this, 
Listen to what she says. I'll just I'll just play it. Yes, e. Good enough. Close. You win. Um, Thank was, you very much. That's the only good answer we've heard. It was really C O V F E. We don't know that. F E. <laughs> but it again is a nonsense word. So we're not sure that its root is actually in Sanskrit, which is what you're probably uh, used to using. So I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you did a great job. Can you believe that? They, that was edited out of on their website's version of it for obvious reasons, I guess. Oh my god! But it apparently. I mean, aired... I hope to God that they had some previous conversation that she was just alluding to, and that she actually yeah no Sanskrit, but, right? I mean, maybe that's what happened. Presumably, there there may be more context to it, but you're right. It's <laughs> that's so bad. That's... The fact that it was edited out makes oh, yeah. it funny. I'd edit too. that out too. I mean, oh boy, oh boy, that's that's no good. Yeah, so uh, great job, Sienna. She took it in stride, though. Maybe it was something they talked about before. I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, and maybe, maybe there's a joke there that we're not keen to. I don't know, but it's pretty painful to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Do you see? I love this clip this week. This is at what? What was this event? I don't even know what this event is. It was called the David Lynch Foundation's National Night of Laughter and Song. And <laughs> Seinfeld is there. Jerry Seinfeld is there. And Kesha, <sighs> musician Kesha, runs up and wants a hug from Jerry Seinfeld. And uh, are you trying just, to cringe me out this week? This is, I got this more. Is terrible. Don't I know worry, you do. I got more. Jerry Seinfeld does what I wish I had the courage to do. Not that I I'm, obviously I don't have people running up to hug me in this same way. But, you know, when people want to hug you and you don't want to be hugged, which is a very common uh, situation <laughs> for me, I need to learn uh, a, a, bit, a bit of courage from Jerry Seinfeld because this is awesome. It's hard to just sleep when you're tired because people are tired most of the time. I love you so much. Oh, thanks. Can I give you a hug? No, thanks. Please? No, thanks. A little one. Yeah, no, thanks. Oh. I don't know who that was. Yeah, it was Kesha. Okay. Well, I wish her the best. <laughs> I wish her the best, and I still don't know who Kesha is. <laughs> Guaranteed. Oh, my God. You could just see how embarrassed she was. Oh, no. Jerry Seinfeld won't hug me. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's so terrible. That made me feel bad for her. But I she's also a bad person. So oh, <laughs> really she sure ba- I, I don't know anything she, about Kesha, um, really, other than her music. Why is she a bad person? She sued her uh, previous producer, I think. I think it, she was trying to get out of a um, a record contract like four records or something like that and she accused him of like rape and all sorts of stuff and as far as i can tell it's completely baseless i haven't seen any evidence oh oh yeah i do remember that story now that i think about it i'll have to look more into that yeah yeah but she's kind of been off the scene since then so moving on because we got to give one james comey plenty of time tonight and probably more time to john mccain yeah really just a couple more clips i want to get through i was thinking about doing a video on this but I didn't. Um, Tim Pool was doing what Tim Pool does, which is providing a lot of on-scene footage at protests and elsewhere. So he was in Portland last weekend looking at the what was a pro-Trump free speech type rally being met with Antifa and the usual resistance. Now, this is, there's something like he posted like six hours of footage on there. There's plenty to go through. But there's one soundbite in there that I just love, that I just wanted to give some play. I don't know who this is. You can see um, there's there's pro-free speech people. There's like Antifa or, or you know, anti-hate type people that they would call themselves. But listen to this one protester. Apparently, the pro-Trump people are leaving is the context for this. <laughs> Nobody 
never come back to our city. Bye, racers. Never come back to our city. Bye, racers. Never come back to our city. Oh I love that. Oh, my God. That's extra I know, cringy. I don't know who that is, <laughs> but uh, I'm saving that soundbite for sure. And just in case that's not enough cringe for you, and then I swear to God, I'm done oh God. for like the next five minutes at least. Uh, we're not going to pretend to know a lot about the British election. We're not going to sit here and tell you how we are, have so much political insight on what happened. Because we I can... don't. I was researching last night and I was like, what the fuck? I didn't know about any of this. Bad. All I can tell you is that Jeremy Corbyn accidentally copying a feel in celebration <laughs> is one of my favorite political clips I've ever seen. <laughs> so Jeremy Corbyn, uh, the leader of the, I don't know, is he the leader of the Labor Party? The high up guy of the Labor Party. <laughs> Cel celebrating what was not, not a win, but a better showing than expected. Mm -hmm. So a relative win, kind of a moral victory. Anyway, he's here with... Uh, I believe a fellow politician. I'm not sure who exactly this is, but they're going to do a high five, but it doesn't go quite, quite uh, as Mr. Corbin intends. Oh my God. <laughs> so. You know. I'm going to OD from this week's old man cringe. Do you think that if you were looking at it from the side, though, maybe he didn't make contact? And it was just I, I like was going to bring up the point. Did he actually touch? Because I can't tell. It, it's about as close as possible. It's, it's kind of like doing the hover hug or the hover arm around a person in a oh, photo. God. Either way, it's not good because it wasn't close to a high five. You're trying to kill me. I mean, it was really embarrassing nonetheless. Yikes. Um, catch me up to speed to the extent that we can about the election context in which this fits, which is the, <clears throat> the election in Great Britain. Um, yeah. And if you want better information about this, go to Sargon's channel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because uh, we just did like, I, I actually had no idea just there was Google an election it. until a few days before. Um, but Theresa May, she kind of gambled and she was uh, on Thursday. She wanted to, what am I trying to say? She called for a vote three years earlier than was required, which I don't even know that they could do. Did you know that? Yeah. So, the, well, pr pr prior to this, I would be lying if I told you that I knew they could dissolve parliament or the prime minister can, has the power to dissolve parliament, mm -hmm. but uh, at, at any point, essentially. Um, so that is new to me. And and Brexit talks are in nine days. This seems like an yeah. exceptionally so, risky thing for her to do. Um, and so I don't really understand the motivations of why she did this, why she took such a huge gamble. You seem to understand it better than I did. Uh, well, I don't, I don't have a keen understanding of it. I did have, I was speaking with one of, for what it's worth, I was speaking with a patron who uh, lives in London or goes to school in London. And it, it's basically the read that we had kind of as he explained it to me. And again, could be fake news, fully acknowledged. I, I'm shooting from the hip here. But basically, it was Theresa May's perception that Labour, Jeremy Corbyn's party, the kind of the, de the equivalent of the Democrats here, roughly speaking, was very, very weak. And especially going into Brexit and, and right. at a time where she, where she thinks she can get a lot of power to the conservatives in, in uh, to the conservative party call, call to dissolve parliament, have a new election. You'll probably get more people, more power. You'll have an easier time passing what you want. And um, I don't know what the impact on Brexit is with this, but generally speaking, she took a gamble thinking, I bet I can get more of my people in here and have more influence. Lo and behold, the exact opposite happened. So She's now a she remainer, to, though. I wonder, I mean, weren't people skeptical from the get-go because of her her stance on Brexit? I'm out of my league on that. 
All I know is that now she has to team up with a, a really small party to right. keep her prime ministership, and, and her political influence has been greatly damaged, not greatly increased. But so, she still is going forward with Brexit uh, negotiations um, as planned. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't really know why she was ever in this position to begin with. So, let's uh, let's stop trying to pretend. We'll give people the impression <laughs> no, that we know what we're talking about. And let's, we need uh, to catch up with Super catch up Chat, with Super Chat for, and then we'll move into Comey. Anything too as well. We got a bunch of them. Let's see. Uh, Selrin, uh, five dollars. Blonde, your lipstick matches your backdrop. Roses looks nice. Thank you very much, Matt. I like your green jacket. Also, do you not know about tentacle porn? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Jeez. Thank you very much. Um, I'm, our I'm friend, being honest. I don't. I'm not. We'll talk about I it with Kurt and I had actually never heard about it before uh, a, a few days ago, and I hadn't been following yeah. this Eichenwald story, which is yikes. yeah. I I mean, this stuff is is new to me, but mm -hmm. we'll we'll get into it. Uh, Liberty of $5. We lost a pizza god and the best Batman this week. The mug sort of makes up for it. <laughs> yeah, Adam West. R.I.P. Adam West. Um, thank you very much. William Martin, $20. Hawaiian pizza for Blonde and Jay Fry. <laughs> thank you for the donation. Thank you. Yoda Economics, $5. I had a pineapple pizza last night in honor of Sam Panopoulos. Is that how you say it? Panopoulos? That's, that's what I'm going with. Uh, and then Blonde, you looked good in your dress tweet, Kofefe. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, there you go. Steven but Suarez. Sorry, what were you going to say? I, was, I should say, Kofefe did win the pronunciation poll, even though I'm still Kofefe team Kofifi. <laughs> yeah, Kofefe was Kofefe the winner. Is, it's funnier. Yeah. Um, Steven Suarez, $2. Blonde, will you share other wedding dress photos? I don't know, because I shared that one today, and then it got pretty panned. Like, people did not like it. <laughs> and, and so I <laughs> The internet didn't like something? I the can't believe it. Like it yeah. um, Constantine the Mediocre, $5. Um, with the prominence of both Antifa and Islamic terrorists, I can't tell if we're supposed to be reenacting the Spanish Civil War or the Crusades. Thank you very much for mm. that. Last one, uh, DKJ Speck. I always say that incorrectly. I'm sorry. Ce celebratory titty smacks are all the rage <laughs> these days. Uh, get with the times, guys. Best pot on YouTube. Keep it up. I mean, I'll hashtag do it. I'll do it all you want. I don't <laughs> care. But that's up to you if you want to participate or not. No deal. And then hashtag Sunday Twenty. <laughs> yeah, Thank you of all very much. Never forget um, Twenty. We are caught up. Let's let's tackle this. Comment. Okay, so I'm going to try to. This is the deal. I I went. We both did. I went through, but I I did the editing. I cut down Comey's testimony before the Senate Intelligence Committee regarding the investigation into Russian interference in the election and p potentially Trump's role in all of that. That's two hours and forty minutes. I cut it down to five, and all the important points I think we need to get through. However. Because of John McCain, I had to add three additional minutes because I can't cut it out. God, you're so trying ridiculous. to kill me. You know, I had to watch that in like five separate parts just because I just, I had to take 30 second breaks. We'll get there. So what I've done is at some level, this is frustrating because the status quo was, what's the status quo about America's political climate and Trump in general? My take is Trump is kind of a jackass, but he hasn't done anything criminal. And now we're going to take a big loop through hours and hours of footage of the Senate Intelligence Committee speaking with former FBI Director James Comey. And that is exactly the status quo conclusion that we're going to get to, which is, mm, yeah, I mean, Trump might be kind of a jackass, depending on who you ask. But if you ask Comey and if you ask most people of influence, he hasn't done anything criminal. Right. And we'll explain why. So, you know, stop me at any time here, but... We'll go through this point by point before we talk about uh, John McCain. So Comey sits down before the committee and he, he starts out in his opening statement. One of the things he says is uh, basically Trump's a liar about both James Comey 
and the FBI, like the, the, his character, his leadership, and the FBI's trust in him. It's a, it's a pretty bold accusation. The administration say. then chose to defame me and, more importantly, the FBI by saying that the organization was in disarray, that it was poorly led, that the workforce had lost confidence in its leader. Those were lies, plain and simple. And I am so sorry that the FBI workforce had to hear them, and I'm so sorry that the American people were told them. I don't know. Wasn't that the stance that was leaked by other FBI members? They're like, man, people have totally lost faith in Comey. Well, and it's hard to say that that's a, it's, it's a depends on who you ask type question. You know, mm. it's not as though there's unanimity. I'm sure there are some Comey guys and some non-Comey guys, you know? So to say that they're plain and simple lies, I don't know that this is a plain and simple topic or a plain and simple claim. I mean, I think it was well known to the general public that there was a real morale problem in the FBI. I mean, at least I had that understanding. Mm. I thought there was some basis to that, but it's not like they can go around telling people. Yeah. Well, one one thing is uh, certain in Comey's mind, which is that the Russian government interfered in the election. Now, uh, he does say not in vote tampering. So understand that qualifier. And also, this doesn't imply collusion. This doesn't mean that anyone in the United States was organizing with the Russian government. What he says is he has no doubt that the Russian government made attempts to interfere with our electoral process. Do you have any doubt that Russia attempted to interfere in the 2016 elections? None. Do you have any doubt that the Russian government was behind the intrusions in the DNC and the DCCC systems and the subsequent leaks of that information? No. Do you have any doubt that officials of the Russian government were fully aware of these activities? No doubt. Are you confident that no votes cast in the 2016 presidential election were altered? I'm confident. By the time when I left as director, I'd seen no indication of that whatsoever. Okay. And then this is also key. Do you, did you have something to say? I mean, I just wonder how he's so confident. Uh, and especially with um, Vault 7, I mean, how can you possibly know that it was actually Russians and that Russian diplomats were privy to this? How could he possibly know that? He said yes, he provided no evidence, or he said no. Well, he can't. I mean, he can't in his defense. This is classified information. But yeah, I'd love to see the evidence, granted. I, uh, I, I, this isn't very convincing. I mean, sorry, well, proceed. Yeah, but but he, he's also not going as far as to say that that they altered votes or that someone helped them, some American helped them. Yeah, but he's or, saying there is no doubt that he has in, no doubt. Yeah, I. I How could Vault Seven he, not introduce doubt? I don't know. I would, you you got to get you got to get a few Coors Lights in James Comey and get the truth out of him. I guess that's about. I, I, there's no evidence I can provide you either way, unfortunately. But um. This is also an important piece of information here. According to Comey, Trump never asked him to drop the investigation of Russian election interference that continues to go on. Did the president at any time ask you to stop the FBI investigation into Russian involvement in the 2016 U.S. elections? Not to my understanding, no. Okay, but this is where we're going to get a little more nuanced here. It's going to get a little dicier because Comey does believe that Trump committed several ethical breaches and we'll go through a few of these so the first of these is this dinner meeting that comey had with trump in which comey says trump asked for his loyalty and it kind of implied like a quid pro quo uh, relationship for keeping his job as fbi director that's the first alleged ethical breach 
The next Friday I have dinner and the president begins by wanting to talk about my job. My common sense told me what's going on here is he's looking to get something in exchange for granting my request to stay in the job. Despite you explaining your independence, he kept coming back to, I need loyalty, I expect loyalty. The reason that Congress created a 10-year term is so that the director is not feeling as if they're serving with political loyalty owed to any particular person. That's bullshit because he could have told people at any point that Trump was not under investigation. He's going to leak shit to the New York Times. Then he's going to be like, oh, I'm not going to leak the only thing that needs to be leaked, which is that you're not under investigation. And now yeah. he's talking about loyalty and fealty. This guy can go fuck himself. Well, there, there are there are some inconsistencies there for sure. Um, and I had to cut that clip out of Marco Rubio asking that question. Why is the only thing that has that hasn't leaked the fact <laughs> right, that the president himself isn't under investigation? He um, he doesn't have a good answer for that necessarily. And then he also doesn't have a great answer, which we'll get to in a minute to your question, which is like, if you thought this was highly unethical and highly suspect, why did you continue doing you, right. your job? Exactly. So, and if you listen to he's very specific about his wording, he said, my common sense tells me. That absolves him of like a universal standards. You know, it's it's his own common sense tells him none of this is, you know, concrete. Um, although if you were going to threaten somebody, I, I, I wouldn't do it directly either. You know, I, there would be some nuance. So, yeah. Uh, so so this is the other part of the ethical breach that Trump said he hoped Comey would drop the um, investigation into former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn which Comey interpreted as a directive. Now that interpretation is disputed. So I've put in a, a little bit of testimony from competing senators here about whether that constitutes a directive, but spoiler alert, it doesn't necessarily matter whether it does or not, as Comey will explain in the next segment. This is the president speaking. I hope you can see your way clear to letting this go, to letting Flynn go. He is a good guy. I hope you can let this go. Now, those are his exact words. Is that correct? Correct. He did not direct you to let it go. Not in his words, no. He said, <laughs> I hope. Do you know of any case where a person has been charged for obstruction of justice, or for that matter, any other criminal offense, where this, they said or thought they hoped for an outcome? I don't know well enough to answer. I took it as a direction. I mean, as the President of the United States, with me alone, saying, I hope this, I took it as this is what he wants me to do. My uh, experience of prosecuting uh, cases uh, when a robber held a gun to somebody's head and, and said, I hope you will give me your wallet. The word hope was not the most operative word at that moment. I'm not sure that's the best analogy, but you just this is disputed. This is disputed. Let's put it that way. And I think there are arguments to be made for interpreting that in different ways. I don't know that I'm firmly on one side or the other, but I will say it doesn't my out of getting out of taking uh, a stance on that is that it doesn't necessarily matter. So did you have strong well, feelings? I, on I that? mean, what I will say is that Comey sounds evasive about it. I mean, he's like he didn't say that with his words I, to be directly threatened. I mean, if you if you have a gun like that analogy, if you have a gun, the gun is the threat. You know, yeah, in this case, the threat like, is his job was, security, you know, which is it's not a comparative threat. I grant that. And he didn't really give any even any verbal statements um, that suggested that Trump was actually putting his job on the line as collateral. You know, it, he, he wasn't specific about that either. Well, there is more that I had to cut out where he mentions how they had talked about 
whether he wanted to stay on and kind of the nature of his job security. There's a lot more detail in that that you can listen to, but I had to you know, cut down for time. But there's more, there's more color on that if you're interested in hearing him talk about that. This is, um, this is how I'm getting out of taking a firm stance on that. Even if Trump did direct Comey, let's say he did direct Comey, hey, drop this case on Flynn. Comey acknowledges that this would probably just be kind of an ethical breach or breach of the right. norm, not necessarily right. a legal breach. And that's key. president is the head of the executive branch and could direct, in theory, we have important norms against this, but direct that anybody be investigated or anybody not be investigated. I think he has the legal authority. Okay. So to me, it's kind of a non-issue. Like right. this gets back to the question of maybe Trump's a jackass, but he probably didn't do anything criminal in this instance. I don't think you can make the case that it's obstruction because I had to cut that clip out too. Comey kind of acknowledges that no investigation right. has been obstructed. Nothing's been slowed down. Nothing's been stopped. He doesn't even make that claim, really, does he? No, he, he'll he say that that's the special prosecutor's job. That's Robert Mueller's job is to determine if there was obstruction or not. So he never makes that claim. Okay. So Comey obviously doesn't really like Trump. That much we can gather. He doesn't trust him. So Comey, every time he met with Trump throughout the winter and spring, he created a personal memo detailing each encounter that they had. I created records after conversations, and I think I did it after each of our nine conversations. I knew that there might come a day when I would need a record of what. But had he didn't happened. do this shit with Loretta Lynch. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that for sure. It's it's there are some everybody's got to be consistent on that, including James Comey. So I definitely take that point. Like a tattling schoolboy, how did such <laughs> a tall man become so spineless? I know your whole worldview is shattered. I know. I don't understand it. <laughs> let's let's put it this way: You're uh, James Comey, not hot then. I, he's six foot eight and I want nothing to do with him. That's I know. I can't insult. believe it. <laughs> All right. Not just to defend lies. Lies are a deal breaker over tallness. He's not. <laughs> well, I'm not, I shouldn't say lying, but in your, in your opinion, inconsistency and tattling. Yeah. Tattling yeah. myself, but to defend the FBI. Okay. So anyway, that was him saying that I, that I made these memos. Okay. Comey then leaked. When you hear about Comey as a leaker, what they mean is he he gave these memos to a friend who gave them to the media, and he did this prompted by t Trump's tweet about the tapes. Comey better hope there aren't tapes of our conversations. Um, and he did this in hope that, the, that there would be the appointment of a special prosecutor in this investigation, which there was. It should be noted, and I'm not 100% clear. Comey says they're not classified, but then I've heard some dispute about the notes? that. So, yeah. Of course when, they aren't classified. How? I mean, be, the, I don't think they are. But I've heard some people say, including the president, saying that, like, this shouldn't be out there in the public. Uh, so, well, yeah, I, but that doesn't mean that it's classified per se. Yeah. So that's why I don't like the use of the term leak either, is that this was never supposed to be secret information necessarily. Oh, God. But this is anyway, this is him describing how he gave those memos to a person in the media. Did you show copies of your memos to anyone outside of the Department of Justice? Yes. President tweeted on Friday after I got fired that I better hope there's not tapes. And my judgment was I needed to get that out into the public square. And so I asked a friend of mine to share the content of the memo with a reporter. Didn't do it myself for a variety of reasons, but I asked him to because I thought that might prompt the appointment of a special counsel. So were all of your memos that you recorded on classified or other documents, uh, memos that might be yours as a private citizen. The content of those unclassified 
the memorialization of those conversations was my recollection recorded. Okay, and this That's is the question. It's worthless, though. It's his recollection recorded. That's whatever he wants it to be. Why yeah, should we have any faith in that? And it's hearsay. You know, you, I mean, of it's. I don't. Hearsay. I don't know that it's worthless, but you have to take it, it is for what it worthless. is. Worthless. Worthless. I don't know. Well, I can write but, but down then anything what, and say that it happened. In but the, then, why do, we'll get to Trump's words? Then, do you take Trump's word, Trump at his word? Why isn't that worthless? Why is Trump's hearsay fine, but Comey's worthless? Because Comey's failed me, you know, way more in the truth department than Trump has at this point. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's I'll, I'll leave that at. I'll leave that at there. Uh, so this is your question. Uh, if Comey saw these ethical breaches. Why did he continue to uh, to to do his job without saying anything? And he doesn't really have a great answer for this. He kind of says he didn't want to interfere with an ongoing investigation. Why didn't you stop and say, Mr. President, this is wrong? It's a great question. Maybe if I were stronger, I would have. I was so stunned Gross. by the conversation that I just took it in. You had serious concerns about what the president had you believed directed you to do and had taken no action, hadn't even reported up the chain of command, do you have a sense of that looking back that that was a mistake? No. In fact, I think no action was the most important thing I could do to make sure there was no interference with the investigation. I am not satisfied by that answer, but, you know, maybe someone can make the case. Um, yeah, I'm not going to opine on that. Okay. If you want. Uh, mm -hmm. This is what you were getting into. So they do speak a little bit about the investigation into Hillary's emails. An entirely separate investigation, John <laughs> McCain, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Comey, so at the time of the Hillary email investigation last summer, remember Loretta Lynch was the attorney general. There was that famous controversial meeting uh, uh, right. aboard the airplane the tarmac, with Bill Clinton yeah. in uh, Phoenix. He's, Comey says that when he was speaking with attorney, attorney General Lynch about that investigation, she said, don't call it an investigation, call it a matter. And he didn't understand why. And he wasn't really fond of that. But this, he didn't understand why. That's, that's what he says. He says something like, I don't, There's I don't a why know why right there. Well, uh, I assume he would go as okay. far as to say that it was political and motive, but I don't know that he would go beyond that. Like specific, why would she choose the word matter, for example? Um, because a it's a neutral word. word. I mean, it's obvious why she would choose the word matter. Him saying that he didn't know why she was doing. I mean, that's a, that's a lie. I mean, that's a straight well, up lie. Let's don't don't allow me to mischaracterize what he's saying. Let let him say. Let's hear what he had to say exactly. At one point, the attorney general had directed me not to call it an investigation, but instead to call it a matter, which confused me and concerned me. The attorney general and I were both going to have to testify. Huh. So confused and concerned. Confused I think and concerned. All right, I'm fine with that. If I and talk publicly about it, and I want to know, was she going to authorize us to confirm we had an investigation? And she said, yes, but don't call it that. Call it a matter. And I said, why would I do that? And she said, just call it a matter. Okay. And so I did. He wasn't taking well, notes about that. That's, that is a key point there, which is, I do think we have to be consistent about both of these things. If, if Loretta Lynch doesn't bug you, for, for that, if, if you say, oh, that doesn't matter, or Comey's lying about that. And he said but, it, it concerned him at the time. I mean, he knew. Right. So, but let me ask you this. Does Loretta Lynch bug you? Does that testimony there bug you? What do you mean? Like, do, do you believe, I guess two questions. One, do you believe Comey when he says that Loretta Lynch told him to do that? And two, do you find that troublesome? Yes and yes. Okay. But then when he says that 
Trump directed Trump asked him for loyalty. Trump wanted him to he hoped that he would drop the Flynn case. Do you believe Comey there? And do you find that troublesome? I, I'm going to say yes and yes, although I understand and am sympathetic with Trump because he had a very human reaction to this. He just wanted Comey, who's been telling everybody everything, to tell people that he's not under investigation because he's not. Um, yeah. And, although that and, has nothing to do with him and Flynn and everything. Uh, my, I guess it's my, related. But. I can kind of spoil it right now. My my whole read on this, my guess on this is we'll talk about how Trump reacted, which says Comey's a liar, basically. My guess is that this is true. Like, obviously, Trump would grant that the conversations happened um, and would probably grant maybe the topics discussed, but he would dispute what he intended to say. My guess is Trump probably said something loose-lipped like Trump would, and Comey is a guy who doesn't like Trump and is distrustful of Trump and probably interpreted it in more dire terms than it was intended. And so he takes these, he makes these memos, he leaks them. And to me, that would explain the difference too between not freaking out about Loretta Lynch and freaking out about Trump when in fact, they're basically the same thing. And that's all I ask for is like, if you're mad about Loretta Lynch, you should be mad about Trump. If you're not mad about Loretta Lynch, you shouldn't be mad about Trump. And James Comey, by the way, if these kind of ethical breaches yeah. bother you, the memos should have been taken about Loretta Lynch also and leaked to your friend in the press also. I just want yeah. consistency from yeah. everyone. That's true too. Okay, uh, confirmation of what everyone already knew <laughs> on this uh, Trump-Russia story that was in the New York Times on February 14th. Comey says they're fake news. That report by the New York Times was not true. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, in the main, it was not true. Uh, February 14th, the New York Times published a story, the headline of which was, Trump campaign aides had repeated contacts with Russian intelligence. Would it be fair to characterize uh, that story as almost entirely wrong? Yes. Okay, are you ready? Oh. Got to be ready for this one. Uh, John McCain making no. a compelling case for term limits. So I'm just going to let this go. I'm going to try not to interrupt it. I didn't want it to be so long. It's almost three minutes, but part, yeah, of the comedy, me part of the comedy is that it's repetitive. Okay, so I just John, want the audience to know that I tried to stop this. No, it's, stop it's it. important. Honestly, I do think there's a compelling case for term limits here. It's important. So John McCain is the last person to ask questions. At least I think he was the last. Might have been, he's close to the last anyway. He can't wrap his mind around the idea that the investigation into Hillary's emails and the investigation of Russian interference in the election, which may or may not implicate Trump, are separate things. So he keeps going after Comey to try to explain, well, why have you cleared Hillary but not cleared Trump? And Comey explains to him several times, these are separate things. <laughs> You know, and he concludes by saying, well, I think that's kind of a double standard. So let's just, we'll play this through. Go ahead and interrupt if you need to interrupt. No, in the no, case we'll get it over. of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> no, I won't pause it. He made the statement that there wasn't uh, sufficient evidence to bring a suit against her. Yet at the same time, in the case of Mr. Comey, you... He also calls President Trump Mr. Comey or President Comey several times. So that's who he's talking about, is Trump when he says call me. Who said that there was not enough information to make a conclusion. Tell me the difference. The Clinton investigation was a completed investigation. This investigation was underway, still going when I was fired. That investigation was going on. This investigation is going on. You reached separate conclusions. No, that one was done. I'm glad you concluded that part of the investigation, but I... I 
I think that the American people have a whole lot of questions out there. And obviously, we do. She was we have so many questions. President at the time. So she was clearly involved in this whole situation where. What is he news, trying to say? Uh, as you just described it, big deal uh, took place. Uh, you, you're going to. Big deal took place, Blonde. I mean, that's undeniable. Um, oh, my God. All the, all the confusing, competing pieces of testimony here. We do know that fake news big deal took place. You have to help me out here. I'm, I'm a little confused, yeah, Senator. I forgot. I, that, that, that part's have to help key. me out. You just you described it. Out here. Big deal uh, took place. And, uh, you, you're going to have to help me out here. I'm, I'm a little confused, Senator. With respect to Secretary Clinton, yeah. we investigated criminal investigation in connection with her use of a personal email server. I understand. And that's the investigation I announced the inclusion of on July 5th. So, but at the same time, you made the announcement there would be no f charges brought against uh, then Secretary Clinton uh, no. for any activities <laughs> involved in the Russia involvement in our engagement in our uh, election. No, I'm sorry. I, we're not, at least when I left, when I was fired on May the 9th, there was still an open, active investigation to understand the Russian efforts <laughs> and whether any Americans work with them. But you oh, reached God, the we, we gotta, hold on. Let me get a, there was no... Can we, like, take, just talk for a second? I just need to break okay. this. Okay. We're, we're behind schedule anyway. Okay. All right. Let's finish it up. The, it, the, the conclusion is the best. And then we're done. No reason to bring charges against Secretary Clinton. So you reached a conclusion. In the case of Mr. Comey, you, uh, the President uh, Comey, uh, excuse no, me, in the case of President Trump, you uh, have an ongoing investigation. So you got one candidate who you're done with and another candidate that you have a long way to go. The Clinton email investigation was completed. The investigation of Russia's efforts in connection with the election and whether there was any coordination and if so, with whom, you between Russia it. and the campaign, you just was ongoing it. when I left. But in her case, you say there would be no charges. And in the case of uh, President Trump, there, the, res uh, the investigation continues. So both <laughs> President Trump and oh God. former God. candidate Clinton are both involved in the investigation. Yet one of them, you said there's going to be no charges. And the other one, the, the investigation continues. Well... I, th I think there's a double standard there, to tell you the truth. There is a double standard there. You know, I oh, want... God, thank I, God. What he forgot to ask was, when is Trump going to be cleared in the Hillary email investigation? Because <laughs> that hasn't happened. Trump has not been cleared yet, you know, and I think that's a double standard. I don't even know what he was... what he was getting at. What his line of questioning, what his MO of his line of questioning was. No. I, my only thing I mean, can you, I, can you make head or t heads or tails of that? No. Okay. Uh, here's what I will say that I think he was... If I'm trying to be charitable, what I think he meant was you're investigating Russian involvement in the election and potential collusion. And Hillary may be implicated in that just like Trump because they both ran for president. They were both part of the same campaign. Maybe there's Hillary campaign coordination, too. We don't know. And then he doesn't understand that Comey saying she was cleared had nothing to do with Russia. It had to do with her private email server. That's my uh. guess. Oh, boy. I mean, okay, that's like a standard old man senile moment. But this is why, you know, super old people shouldn't be in politics. Term limits. I love you, John McCain. Respect the hell out of what you've done for the country. But term limits, dude, you, you can't. You, this is this is nursing home talk. I, when I, I, when I sent this to you, what you, what did you say to me? I'd be less embarrassed by watching him fall down the stairs or something. I like did that. say that. <laughs>
<laughs> I did say that. Yeah. I mean, okay. Cause then you feel sympathy. I guess I felt sympathy for him then too, but I was also angry because he's in charge of stuff. I'm like, why are you <laughs> operating a motor vehicle and you're in charge of parts of the federal government? What's going on here? Yeah. Uh, okay. I got two more items on the Comey stuff. Cause man, this is running long, but it's just, it's important stuff. I do want to get through it. And then uh, we'll take super chat and move on. So be quick. Trump did respond to this in the Rose Garden while hosting the Romanian president. Uh, which foreign dignitary was he hosting? Uh, I forget. The president of some of, of foreign country. Anyway, he's asked by reporters about Comey's testimony. He basically calls Comey a straight up liar. I want to get back to James Comey's testimony. You suggested he didn't tell the truth in everything he said. Uh, he did say under oath that you told him to let the Flynn, uh, or you, you said you hoped the Flynn investigation, you could let, he could I didn't let say that. So he lied about that. Well, I didn't say that. I mean, I will tell you, I didn't say that. And, and did he ask you to pledge his And there'd loyalty? be nothing wrong if I did say it according to everybody that I've read today, but I did not say that. And, and did he ask for a pledge of loyalty from you? That's another thing he said. No, he did not. So he said those things under oath. Would you be willing to speak under oath to uh, give your version of, of 100%. I hardly know the man. I'm not going to say I want you to pledge allegiance. Who would do that? And you seem to be hinting that there are recordings of those conversations. I'm not hinting anything. I'll tell you about it over a very short period of time. When, when, when will you tell us about the recording? Over a fairly short period of time. Are there tapes, sir? Oh, you're going to be very disappointed when you hear the answer. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know what that means. I mean, we, t we had different interpretations yeah. when we saw it the first time. Yeah. Do you want to explain those interpretations real quick? Well, when I saw that the first time, when I heard him say, you're going to be very disappointed, I thought that that was, um, you know, like very telling that these tapes do not exist. But that's not at all the interpretation Matt had. And when I watched it again, I was like, I'm not so sure now. Um, yeah, my interpretation was um, that when the tapes come out, you're going to be disappointed because they're going to vindicate me. Is how I interpret. Ah, uh, I thought he was but, saying to the journalist, like, "There's not a lot of meat here. You're going to be really disappointed." Yeah, it's tough to tell exactly what he meant. But okay, so th the reason I include that that little clip is because we know that there's at least one major liar here. Now, if Trump did go under oath and repeat what he just said, one of them has committed perjury, right? Essentially, um, and I so that is interesting. It is definitely a game of who do you believe. I don't know, and though, you, because I think that the way Comey worded things that he has a lot of, um, you know, it, it seemed like he left statements kind of open and vague and he was very specific about the vague language that he used. And so I think that there's probably a space for truth with both of them, as, you know, you yeah, usually find out things are. Maybe. Um, I, I, I suppose that's potentially true. I just, if, if he means that Comey made it up when he says, I never said that about loyalty. If what he means is that the, the in straight up never said that, or does he mean that he was misinterpreted? Cause if he means that Comey's lying or made up the story, essentially, I find that pretty tough to believe. Like Comey's going yeah. to, Comey's going to roll into, to the Senate and go under oath and just make up a story. And if he did that, that he would make up a story that doesn't really implicate Trump, <laughs> that just kind of gives him a slap on the wrist type trouble. I would like to see these cases reconciled, but I don't know that we're going to get that. Yeah, I mean, we will if there are tapes, but. Yes. Well, that's the other thing about Comey's testimony. I mean, so he leaks these memos, too, uh, because of the, the tape threat. So I, I'm just. 
of course, everyone's experience is a little bit different. People remember conversations differently. I, I grant room for that, but I just have a hard time that he believing if this is what Trump means, that he would go in there and invent things, knowing one, that he's under oath and two, that he's been threatened with tapes of the conversations existing. And Comey himself said, Lordy, I hope there are tapes, assuming or presuming they'd vindicate him. Hmm. So they both want the tapes. That that much is clear. Yeah. And what I, did and, Trump say? He said, I didn't say that. Like, is it, was that his exact wording? I didn't yeah, say something that. like that. I didn't say that. Hmm. Uh, plus, I, I just I don't like the strategy by Trump. But this is you know, at least that was in where... response to a line of questioning. I mean, yeah, that was somewhat point. reassuring to me. I was like, well, at least he was asked these things. It wasn't planned. It was from the hip and it was responding to a question. That is a fair point. But I just, he, he, I think he generally won out of the situation. You go up there and, and he, he has said this earlier. It's not that he didn't say it. So, you know, I had to cut clips for time, but I would just like to see him say, look, we heard Comey. There's no evidence of collusion. I haven't obstructed anything. Right. Um, I look forward to the conclusion of the Russian investigation. I wish James Comey the best. Let's move on simple as that okay last piece and then uh <laughs> then we're good did you, i know i saw you tweeting about this um sad sad photos no these photos of sad brooklyn hipsters in a bar watching comey hearing are hilarious so all these bars opened for people to watch the comey stuff and the dis the looks of disappointment are oh they're Top, top notch. Yeah, they're top notch. Uh, so I will link this for people to enjoy. If you want to see disappointment in the faces of all of these people who decided to go to a bar in the morning or the afternoon to watch this. <laughs> oh, boy. Good stuff. That was deeply satisfying. Really, really satisfying stuff. Okay. We are, my God, I spent way too much time on Comey, but you want to take care of a super chat and we'll try to sure, we've get got through a, some topics quickly? A ton of super chat. I think we're going to have to skip one of our topics. Um <laughs> You okay, want to skip the fine. terrorist attacks? <laughs> oh, um, we might mention that briefly, but there's not a lot of, yeah, well, let's on. do it quickly. Only reason. Cause I have a surprise for you. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, let me uh, get through these million super chats. Malcolm from the North, uh, $10. Thank you very much. John McCain seemed like he was playing too much iPhone video poker before he went at Comey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he seemed a little messed up to me. Like it might just be old man stuff, but he seemed like yeah. maybe like kind of drunk or something. I don't know. That's an unfair accusation. Uh, Boogeyman, 917, $10. Thanks for another great show and for the Lauren Southern interview. Uh, keep up the good work. Chuck Todd still needs an apology. Thank you very much. <laughs> Chuck Todd's welcome on the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cuck Todd. Um, Pie Wacket, one. Huh. Yeah. Uh, $5. So head of FBI feels threatened by press saying, I hope, but young intern can have voluntary sex with the president. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't compare those. Monica Lewinsky, braver than James Comey. You heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Reed Glanzer, $5. Boom. Here comes five bucks for Blonde and Matt. Thank you so much. Thank you. Shane Boatwright, $5. I thought it was interesting that John McCain was the only one to ask if the DNC was involved with the Russians. That's true, I guess. Yeah, I guess the, if you're trying to be charitable, that's kind of what he was getting at. Yeah. yeah? Although I don't okay, think he expressed okay. the questioning well. What are you talking about? It was crystal clear. <laughs> uh, maybe Reed I edited Glancer. out a clip where he was crystal clear. <laughs> yeah, really. His, his moment of lucidity. Uh, Reed Glanzer again. Thank you. $5. Uh, Russia, run and hide. The commies are in our universities. That is true. <laughs> uh, yeah. New weapon soldier, $2. Do you think Comey lied about anything under oath? I'm going to say I don't think so because I've listened to that uh, interview a few times now, and his wording is just so specific that I think that he had a few things prepared to give him some wiggle room. So I actually don't think that he lied under oath, but we'll see. Um, David Howard, $5. Loretta's was explicit direction. Trump's was inferred. 
That's true. Yeah, I guess that's a fair point. There's room for interpretation. But again, this is according to Comey's testimony, too. So maybe Comey made hers look worse than Trump's. I mean, we're we're still relying on his recollection of the situation. Right, you know? right. And he's probably more inclined to make, to the extent he distrusts Trump, he's probably more inclined to maybe make Loretta Lynch. No, I guess that makes her look worse, not better. Never mind. I grant um, that. I grant the distinction. That's a fair point. Oh, and then we got a geez, we got so many of these. Uh, Ray Glancer again, two dollars. The Nation wants a Reagan. Uh, then they got a Trump. <laughs> uh, Joel Dykeman, five dollars. The Paris Accords are basically a glorified gentleman's agreement. Um, yep. Selrin, $5 again. I thought I saw a, uh, a McCain tweet saying that he was up late the night before, so he was probably tired. I did see that tweet. He said um, he was up watching some sports event and people couldn't follow his line of questioning. Like it was so coherent. Whatever. Okay, fine. I'm open to any excuses. Give me anything, I know. man. Yeah, whatever. The Please. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I would just be like a tweet like, I'm senile and really old. Lay off it. <laughs> uh, Stan, $2. Getting live blonde video reactions is amazing. Yeah, you guys don't see all my off air cringing. Yeah, I switched um, up. So you might notice that we're on camera and we're going through video stuff. Now, I did that because of Stan. Stan wanted to do that, and I think it was a good suggestion, especially when I have eight-minute-long Comey videos. <laughs> yeah. So it worked uh, out well. Reed Glancer again, $5. Is McCain bitter he didn't get to be president, or did we dodge a bullet? We dodged a bullet, I'm sure. Uh, Go Army 73 $10. Enjoy my money. Love the show. Comey's a shit. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Jay Fry, $5. When I give a hooker cash, I don't, quote, hope for a BJ. I demanded like the vamp that I am. Thank you. Okay. Stay fry. That's um, we still have like like 10 more. Reglancer, $2. Uh, Flynn is turning the frogs gay, NBC. Uh, Wild Warlock, $5. If you want to be my lover. And then some subsequent um, Spice Girl lyrics. Thank you very much. Dave S, $2. Trump is just a better poker player than Comey. Uh, Reed Glancer again, $5. Oh my God, Trump, why don't you destroy him? Can you imagine any of these politicians having the same scrutiny? That's true. I mean, he is under a disproportionate amount of scrutiny. Um, Liberative, $20. Thank you so much. As a zoni, I need to explain McCain. His DNC opponent is a real nut job, and the GOP primary challenger demonstrated ineptitude quite strongly. We didn't have a quality alternative um, to his Mesoluthian way. Term limits. That's the way. <laughs> I'm on board now after that. I'm seriously, I know. that, it, that it brought was really me on bad. board. My parents actually brought that up today. They're like, well, he's just too old to be in politics. <clears throat> um, Dave S, $2. This whole thing is just disgraceful and embarrassing. Yes. And then Jason Fry again. Are you talking about Comey or our podcast? Probably both, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Those are mutually exclusive. Um, and then yeah. Jay Fry again, $5. You sons of bitches show some respect to Senator McCain. Not only is he a war hero, his I... mother was Jesus's day at prom. <laughs> what a weird guy. Oh, Love God, you, Jay, Jay Fry. Fry. I do respect John McCain. Speaking sincerely, I do. I have a lot of respect for him, but everyone's time comes and I think his time has come. Yeah, it's over, bro. Okay. Let's, uh, let's, let's do these terror attacks quickly. And the only reason I say that is because I went through the trouble of making a special sounder. Since we have a terror attack of the week, it's time for the nothing at all. to What did I call it? The nothing at all to do with the religion of peace, terror attack of the week, something like that. And now the nothing to do with the religion of peace, terror attack. <laughs> of the week there you go okay boy (laughs) so and i have a clip the only reason i wanted to that i wanted to share this too is well i think we have two interesting ones this week we have what happened in uh at the notre dame cathedral and -hmm. that's noteworthy because we can watch it happen via cctv and then what happened in iran which is noteworthy because it's isis against iran that's a pretty big deal yeah, and 17 people were killed, and uh, that one, that one was really graphic and horrible. The Notre Dame one is is interesting because you can watch it, and you can see people's yeah. reaction. Um, people are not really getting the hell out of there as fast as like 
I yeah. feel like I would be. Like they're kind of looking around, like what's going on. It's it's so odd. So let's let's um, check out some of this. Please stand in guard outside this icon. Whoops, pull it up. There we go. Iconic cathedral this morning. The attacker emerging from groups of tourists to target a police officer. Thankfully. No one was killed. The attack, terrifying and sudden. The assailant, armed with a hammer, launches at a police officer. The crowd... He doesn't mention in this report, but he said this is for Syria. Uh, that was um, reported. Yeah, yeah. but I've, I mean, I've seen that everywhere. I'm pretty sure that's, I guess, confirmed. Well, in the security camera footage. More details. As another officer opens fire. <laughs> Tourists left fleeing. The assailant shot in the leg surrounded as it emerged the man was armed with just a hammer and knives nbc confirming his first name farid a phd student in journalism who a french judicial oh, source tells oh, us left a video in his apartment pledging allegiance to isis but unlike the jihadists in london last weekend this man was not on the intelligence radar once again fear in the heart of paris okay and did you see this 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 attacker the Algerian Notre Dame attack, uh, terror attacker was given an EU award for writing about discrimination against migrants when he was a journalist in Sweden. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Oh, my God. Yeah, 2009. I'll link it so you can read it later. But after winning the prize in 2009, Iken said, it's been gratifying that attention has been paid to such important topics as discrimination and diversity. <laughs> when are people going to start realize, realizing that Muslims are using tolerance and diversity as a Trojan horse? to infiltrate our societies. I mean, it seems fairly obvious at this point, right? Can you uh, can you catch me up on the Iran one, the Tehran um, attack? Okay, Wednesday attacks involved gunmen storming Iran's parliament and the uh, Mussolium, which is a, like a tomb of the late founder of the Islamic Republic, Imam Khomeini, Khomeini and two coordinated attacks. So seven pe 17 people were killed, um, 50 others were wounded, and it was uh, shootings and blasts. And then ISIS claimed responsibility, but all five assailants were killed later so, by Iranian police. The, the thing I, that I think is interesting about this is, uh, and Roaming Millennial did a great video on this this week. When was we it see her attacks, weekly roundup? Yeah, it was her weekly roundup video, uh, weekly rundown, I think she calls it. And um, Oh, that's right. Sorry. It's, it's, it, we, we need to get past this idea that it's, oh, it's just that Western imperialism. If only right, we right. stopped poking our noses in all those, in all the Muslim business. Uh, this is this is a graphic. Uh, I believe it's from The Economist, or I'm not exactly sure the source, but uh, you can vet me on it. I'll link it for you to check it out. This is from 2002 to 2011, and it's kind of the density of terror attacks. And lo and behold, a lot of Islamic countries on it. A lot of Islamic countries. So it seems yep. to me that the closer you get to the religion of peace, to the ideology of peace, the much more at risk of terror attack uh, you are. And unfortunately... Uh, I, I don't know. What, I don't have a keen understanding of what exactly the, te the is the nature of the tension between ISIS and Iran and some of the nuances of that. But I do know that it's not as simple as, oh, those 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 Westerners are poking their noses in our business and we got to stop them. No, they they'll fight each other, too. And this map is confirmation <laughs> yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, nothing at all to do with this ideology, except for everywhere this ideology has power is marked in red on this map, deep red, ex with the exception of a few places. But generally speaking, that's what we're looking at. That's all I got on that. Uh, what's up next? Tentacle porn, I think. Oh, geez. What a <laughs> weird week it's been. I'll hurry through this one, too. I mean, I wish I didn't Google it. And, like, I even went to Pornhub oh, no. and looked at it. <laughs> yeah. No, I got the uh, the stream is frozen. Oh, no. 
Uh, I got to just close and try again. I'm back up now. Let's see if we can get this back up without freezing. Okay, we should be back live now and my stuff is not frozen. So sorry about that interruption. I guess they could still hear us, but then my software was frozen and not moving. So I got to like stop the stream. I don't know what that's going to mean for the file. I might have to fix this in a video editor and <laughs> re-upload it. Oh no. Once we're done, well, you got to do what you got to do. Anyway, so let us know if there are any technical difficulties in the chat. Did I um, say Pornhub and then we immediately froze? Is that <laughs> something we're, we've mentioned technical porn and then it all went down. <laughs> I'll, I'll be quick with this because I, I do want to uh, get to the Bill Maher thing before. And then, of course, we don't want to keep people, people waiting on Lauren Southern's interview. Uh, so this is uh, now I'm all it just pissed me off. I hate technical difficulties like that. Anyway, this is uh, this is the story. Kurt Eichenwald, who is uh, who is um, what is he? Vanity Fair and Newsweek, I think, contributor. Mm -hmm. So he's famous for this case where he's been perpetually trolled by like the alt-right and the, the Nazis of the internet. And this case was famous in March when someone sent him a strobing GIF file oh, and caused yeah, him to yeah. have a seizure. And now he, th that person is charged with a hate crime. So <laughs> he's been, the trolling has continued and people send him anti-Semitic pamphlets in the mail. And he got one such pamphlet and tweeted a picture of it danger evil jews in charge i guess and in, in the picture there's a tab open and it's this this japanese anime porn oh boy and, yeah uh and and so that's don't get me wrong like that's kind of a weird i guess it's weird to look at i guess but to me you know people caught looking at porn you know people look at porn i get that and i think most people do what's weird is his explanation <laughs> that okay i'm a dumbass uh for for having a porn window open believe it or not my kids and i were trying to convince my wife that tentacle porn existed uh and i tried to find some to show it was real but we couldn't find any and ended up with this my family reads my twitter feed so we know that this is true and that just made it so much worse i don't know that seems somewhat believable to me i i just have a hard time believing that people actually get sexual gratification out of this now that i've like seen a little bit of this pornography i'm like this isn't real this can't be real yeah outside of like a small percentage of japanese people right <laughs> i don't know i, I can't uh, as i said this is my first time like looking into this and i can't show the images on the screen but you no, know some people no, you can't <laughs> some people enjoy this and i i'm not here to judge them for it all, all i'm saying is I, I think he would have been better served even if his story is true which if it is it's weird to me I that mean, you're researching porn with your children kids? Yeah, they're young, as far as I understand. They're not like, I don't it's think they're like adult children. children. Maybe maybe they are. Maybe I've misunderstood. Maybe they are, but I don't think they are. That's uh, just yeah. say like, yep, yeah, you caught me. I like looking at weird porn and chances are so do you. Do you think that that's what it was? You don't believe the story? You think he was actually mm. like masturbating to tentacle porn? Mm. I, I have no way. I have no way to judge. I don't know this guy. I don't. I mean, okay, but like. You know, th that seems somewhat feasible. Like your your family is like telling stories about whatever weird stuff they saw on the Internet that day. And then some grown kid, I hope, is like, you know, tentacle porn exists. And the dad's like, no, oh. <laughs> you know, I, that that seems more believable to me than somebody actually masturbating to tentacle porn. I, I guess. Yeah. 
<laughs> I can't believe I, it's, it's that open, this even happened. I mean, it's, that's- it's open to interpretation. And that's, you know, in the interest of time, I guess I probably won't give it too much more than that. But it's oh, just somebody in the live story. chat just said uh, his kids are late teens, early 20s. Oh, OK. Well, then I think that does add an element of believability to it, or at least no, not believability, but that makes it more forgivable. Makes yeah, it more forgivable. but I'm getting some conflicting answers in the live chat. So that might not be true. Okay. Fake news, fake news. Yeah, we should have looked it up. But, you know, we can. <laughs> well, when this is our, this is a, hey, our entire research team right here. <laughs> so, yeah, we try. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Can we move on from this story? I don't want to yes, talk about it anymore. Yes, let's do. Because uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about, and we're running short on time. But So the main thing I want to talk about is Bill Maher. He made a joke um, on his show with Senator Ben Sass <laughs> from Nebraska last week. Oh, I and they were talking so bad about, him. yeah, they were talking about Ben Sass said, oh, you should come to Nebraska. You can work the fields with us. And he made a joke. Senator, I'm a house. We'll, we'll let he said work we'll, the fields. What? Get this to is Nebraska what he said. More. I, you're welcome. We'd love to have you work in the fields with us. Work in the fields. That's part of that. That's, <laughs> Senator, I'm a house nigga. No, it's, it's a joke. Thank you. Okay, and everyone got real pissed, and he actually apologized on Saturday. That was funny. Come on. Come it's on. it's just an off-the-cuff joke. I mean, anyone who claims that there was, like, hurtful or racist intent, it's just an off-the-cuff joke. If you find it funny, you do. If you don't, you don't. And if you don't, change the channel and find something that's more to your yeah. taste. Now, he apologized, which kind of disappointed me and others because, dude, don't apologize for jokes. You didn't have hateful intent. Right. Whatever. Nope. Instead, he apologizes and he invites on Michael Eric Dyson, who I can't show. I don't have clips of that, but he has Ice Cube and Simone Sanders, who's the former press secretary for Bernie Sanders, famous for saying, remember the the person who said uh, after watching a a person being drug out of his car and beaten for voting Trump, she said on CNN, oh, poor white people. Am oh, I supposed I to feel that. bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. said a few things since then, too. She's, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Ice Cube on to basically tell bill what he is and is not allowed to say on his own show <laughs> and use their own race for moral posturing and leverage to, to i don't know try to paint him as kind of a, a bad person or a person with poor judgment even though he's apologized and admitted it was a mistake yeah so here's what they had to say you got a great show thank you you know uh but you be bucking up against that line a little bit you know you got a lot of black jokes against racists uh not yes uh, Sometimes you sound like a redneck trucker. Up no, here, I don't. Up here. Yes, you do. No, that I yes, gotta, you do. No. I mean, I watch Bill's How show. How is that weekly. not racist? Yeah, yeah. I, for whatever reason, I watch this show pretty much every episode, and he does not. No, no he, he doesn't. doesn't. This was pretty he rare. Like for a, him. You know, a leftist. Like, what is he? What is? I don't. That yes, I gotta push back on. All right, it's my opinion. What made you think that it was cool to say that? You know, I, I just. That's one question. I just explained it. it, it there was no thought put into it. Obviously, I was telling Dr. Dyson, comedians, they react. And it was wrong, and I apologize. You know, it's a word that has been used against us. It's like a knife, man. And you can use it as a weapon, or you can use it as a tool. It's been used as a weapon against us by white people. That's our word now. And you can't have it back. When I hear my homie say it, it don't feel like venom. When I hear a white person say it, it feel like that knife stabbing me, even if they don't mean it. This is a teachable moment, not just to you, but to the people that's watching right now. 
know what I'm saying? Oh. And we can laugh now. We can tell jokes. Okay. Yeah, okay, now you can do what you want on your show, Bill, because I say so, because I'm Ice Cube. But don't worry, there's more. Now it's Simone Sanders. Would you like to? We know you apologize, but in the context, you were, you essentially, by referring to yourself as a house anything, you tended to whitewash who was really enslaved in the house. You know, as a white person in America, you would have been the master, the slave owner. It was mostly black. Unless he was like the majority of white people who didn't own slaves. Didn't own slaves, right. Yeah women who were enslaved in the house who were raped who were beaten daily that was like a slap in the face to black america particularly to black women it's a teachable moment for everyone to understand that it is more than just a word black particularly people are literally black women. fighting what? the systems of white supremacy and institutionalized racism every single day for some people it does not matter how much money we make what job we do i have i was literally on the campaign trail with bernie sanders i was attempted to be yanked out of the entourage for no other reason except i was a black woman walking with bernie Oh, really? Pretty sure that's well, probably that's a lie. That's why I can guarantee that's not <laughs> yeah. true. Like, yeah, all that oppression's allowing you to be on this primetime TV show. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what... whatever you want on NBC, you know, what, what channels did you miss? CNN. CNN. She's a CNN correspondent or um, analyst or whatever you want to call her. But yeah, like it does... I've seen her, I've seen her on some it, other... It, it bugs me a lot that you could say it doesn't matter how much uh, progress, how much prosperity we enjoy. This is, uh, this is really? still unacceptable. Why? Why? How is that I mean, irrelevant? What do you mean? How is it not relevant how much prosperity they're enjoying? I mean, no, that's that, what I'm saying. Yeah. Relevant. No, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's the only thing that's relevant. That means that their quality of life is the same as quality of life of white people in America and they're not being discriminated against. I mean, what else do you want? Yeah. Well, and, and you can grant it. It bothers me, too. You can grant that there are still problems that that plague the black community and you can be sincere in wanting to help to solve them. But I just don't buy like to for Ice Cube to say, oh, man, that word's like a knife, man. It felt like you're stabbing me, even though when I know that your intent is 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 not to be hurtful. Bullshit. Ever listen to your own music like you like you heard Bill Bill Maher say that. And then he went, oh, oh I've been stabbed. It hurts so badly. Don't. And it just bothers me to no end that these people would have the audacity to go on someone else's show and tell them what they can and can't say right. and that a certain word is the exclusive property of a race that seems pretty racist to me uh in its the worst intent. part of all of that though was that feminist spin that she put on that oh yeah, yeah it's worse for black women why tell me why that offended black women more than it offended black men why <sighs> and then she said only white people own slaves also not true there were it black slave owners as well it just it bothers me that Bill allowed himself to be bullied on his own show like this. He's it, a leftist. Like in the heart of all of this is just like guilt and wanting I, to virtue signal and acquiesce to these people. And I'm not even saying, I'm not even going to defend Bill's joke and be like, oh, it was hilarious. It was a great joke. I think that certain people might find it funny. I think certain pe other people might not. And I think if you don't find it funny, just change the channel. Don't go on his show and tell him what he can and can't do on his show because there's a market force at play that will take the show on or off right, the air right. based on what people want to watch. So how about you just say, you know, people out there can that decide if they like it or said, not. That being said, he had to know that this was going to be highly controversial. You're never supposed to say that word if you're a white person ever. He had yeah. to know people were going to shit their pants about this. And I mean, although he's on the he's a, he's a free speech guy, he, he doesn't you know, condemn people's behavior very frequently. I, I don't see him do that a lot as far as free speech is concerned. Um, this was an opportunity for him to be like, not apologize for it and just yeah. just keep moving on. But I think he probably had a lot of pressure on him um, from the network and a lot of external pressure. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's part of the play. I'm here, sure he was made to apologize. It's no accident that these people were on the show. 
that these yeah. particular individuals were on the show to say, oh, shame on you. We're so offended. They had okay. a roundtable discussion about what was going to improve his, per, the, you know, the perception of him in the black community. And he spent like 20 minutes at the top of the show with Michael Eric Dyson taking an additional lecture. This is only like half of it. It, there was even more to start the right show. It would, yeah. He, oh, I'm he, so sorry he, that I said that. Part. Yeah. He took a lashing at the altar and it's never going to be enough. Yeah, it's never going to be enough. We know you apologize, yeah. but you still have to understand that you whitewashed the experience of slaves hundreds of years ago. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He just made a dumb joke. <sighs> okay. Let's, uh, you want to catch up on super chat and then we'll, we should probably get to the Lauren interview. Sure. Um, Paul Court, $5. The U.S. intelligence cabal has been leaking like a sieve. How dare Comey have the nerve to be offended? Trump called him out. Um, hmm. Yeah, I can I can get on board with that. Uh, Dave has $2. They're all hunchbacks and can't run fast. I don't know what story <laughs> I that think is. that's a reference to Notre Dame. Uh, oh. Notre Dame, the hunchback <laughs> of Notre Dame. Of course. Of course yeah. it is. Wow, don't blow my That's a good one. Um, Adam Warden, $5. Trump wins and then uh, GIF. Um, Salarin, $5. If I remember right, that site that they had a pic of in the article is Faku. That's the subscription-based site. I have friends who ah. are fans of this. Okay. Well, then, yeah, that's tough to imagine that he just had that open if it's a subscription site. Huh. Oh, yikes. Um, Avalok, uh, $2, wants me to say the N-word, and I'm not gonna because I learned from Philmar. <laughs> we'll get Simone <laughs> Sanders and ice, ice Cube on next week. <laughs> yeah, really. Jason Fry, $2, blonde, say the N-word. No, not going to do it. Spino's not getting any of this. Yeah. Uh, Dave S, $2, Mar was afraid Kathy Griffin wouldn't come on. Um, liberative $5 ice cubes made millions off that word. He can fuck right off. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Too. Agreed. Uh, nobody owns a word and Travis Riley, $5 easy way to just prove Kurt Google tentacle porn and see how many clicks it takes to get to his page. That's Hint, true. It's too many. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a fair point too. Wow. So you Good guys insight. really think that Good he was, from the chat. he was actually like, yeah, this is what does it for me. Really? Uh, yeah. People really? like weird things. Yeah. I don't, I've, I just, I just can't wrap my mind around that. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, this is a guy who's currently a party to a, a, a crime case where the crime is sending a strobing GIF file. That's uh, so this is, this is at least really the, have a seizure. Are we sure? That's what he that? says. That's what he says. But, yeah, I, but I mean, is it documented? Did he go to the hospital? He says he went to the hospital for several days. So presumably there's documentation. Mm. I don't know if I believe this. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's, We've uh, gone to some dark places in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, plus it's going to be a technical mess to get this show back up when we're done. I'll see if I can figure it out. Uh, so as I mentioned, we'll, we'll play the Lauren Southern interview. We did talk to her on Friday night. It was before she had this incident on Saturday. Which we definitely would have asked her about. So. Yes. But I want to catch people up to, uh, get people up to speed on what actually happened. So Lauren's at this anti-Sharia uh, protest in New York City and Antifa comes up and throws a, a mysterious liquid on her and the noise is kind of annoying here because I think it's drone footage so just you know bear with it I'll turn it down okay so they throw stuff on her and then this guy asks her what happened just went over to get some interviews, get some people talking, and they came over, pushed us out, and threw what is almost certainly piss or something poison. It really burned my eyes. I was afraid it was an acid attack at first. Um, oh my God. Hopefully it's not, but I think I noticed the effects of that already. 
And she got the internet on the task, and apparently they've concluded it is this fox urine that you use to scare away pests because they think that it's active predator territory. That's Oh, my God. That's the idea of what happened to, to poor Lauren in New York City. Apparently, after that, that cop just told her to wash it off. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess better than acid if her fear was acid. God, I, I'm, I admire Lauren. her bravery for going in without, you know, usually she has like goggles and stuff on, right? That's the second time I've seen her get antifa pee in her mouth well i guess the first time it wasn't antifa it was it was when she was saying there were only two genders oh yeah god poor lauren okay well let's uh let's get the lauren interview going do we have any super chats to mention before we take off um looks like we just have one um starscream 15 45 dollars we need to get the artist in the chat to draw blonde fuhrer hugging matt wrapped in tentacles but tastefully of course (laughs) yeah someone could probably do it if you're up for the task go ahead and uh, send that to us beauty and the beta at gmail.com or send it to (laughs) us on twitter we do appreciate the super chatters uh keeping us uh providing us with valuable insight tonight keeping us on track as well as our live chatters who generally always do that keeping us on a shit posting away sorry about the technical difficulties but i will do my best to put it back together in one piece uh, if you are listening on YouTube or in an audio platform later on demand, we appreciate you too. Thank you for enjoying the show. There is more material, including the call-in show and extra interviews we do. By the way, spoiler alert, you're going to be on Stefan Molyneux on Tuesday. Maybe we'll have that on the audio platforms. It's iTunes, Google Play, all linked conveniently in the description for you. If you make weird tentacle porn artwork of us or you have fake news alerts or you want to praise or hate the show, that's Beauty and the Beta. At gmail.com, we will be back next Sunday. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is Beauty and the Beta. We'll see you then. Lauren Southern, up next. Bye, guys. Welcome back. We are very excited to host our guest this evening by popular demand, independent journalist, Miss Lauren Southern. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We appreciate you making time for us. Um, I think the majority of our audience is, is familiar with you. Uh, you are one of our most requested guests, so we're very happy to have you. But um, there are a few people who suck at the Internet, and uh, I'd like you to tell them <laughs> who Lauren Southern is. And uh, maybe give us a little bit about your new independent journalist title and career. Right. So I, I do journalism on my own YouTube channel and commentary. I don't know if uh, a lot of people get mad when I call it journalism because they're like, Lauren, you're obviously doing activism as well. Lauren, you're obviously extremely biased. So to clear up the air on that, I'd consider myself a gonzo journalist. I don't know okay. if you guys know what that is. It's I, kind of, I've not heard the title, but I'd, I'd like a definition. 
Okay, so gonzo journalism is a style of journalism where the person who makes the content or follows the story includes themselves in the story in order to get a different perspective for the people learning. So when I changed my gender in Canada, for example, that wasn't necessarily uh, journalism because obviously I was taking part in the story, but I learned right. something from it. Everyone who watched that learned something from it. And I reported on what was going on, uh, a serious issue in Canada. So a lot of my reporting includes me getting involved in the stories, meeting with activists, partaking in some activism. But at the end of the day, people take away stuff from the story and so do I, which is what matters. But doesn't that encompass the broader, you know, journalism, modern journalism? I think that everybody's kind of inserting themselves into their own stories in this day, in this day and age, in the internet age. Like that unbiased journalism, I just, does that even exist anymore? I mean, I can't even think of one person that embodies that. That's the thing as well, is you have so many people that say they are this <laughs> this um, amazing unbiased journalist, and it's usually these liberal sites, uh, CNN, we're unbiased journalists, uh, Washington Post, and all of them are. Even if they act unbiased in front of the camera, the worst part about it is when you meet some of these people in person and sit down and talk to them, like big liberal journalists, which I've had opportunities to talk to sitting down, they all have a slant and a lot of the times it's very far left and what they're doing is they're being sneaky and what they'll do is they will just change the story slightly so you'll see on cnn during the milwaukee riots where they showed the guys uh, i was his sister or cousin screaming we right, need right. to stop the violence, and then they cut out the part where she said, and bring it to the white neighborhoods, right? Yeah. Take so it to the suburbs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they'll pretend to be unbiased, but their game plan is just to be sneaky and have an underlying plot to subvert the populace. I would rather be straightforward and honest about my views than be a slimy liar <laughs> like most of the media. Why do you think it media. is that they do it? Do you think um, like their corporate overlords make them do it, or do you think they're making a conscious decision? It, it's a tactic. It, I believe it's a conscious decision. Whenever, when any news team gets a story, no matter who you're working for, or even if you're independent and you're just talking with friends, they'll be like, hmm, how do you want to present that? How do you want to talk about that story? What, what do you and do you not want to show? And sometimes, like I was going to report on the James Comey thing this morning, and I uh, was looking at all the facts and everything, and I talked with like three of my friends about the issue. And of course, if you're in a liberal newsroom with tons of liberals, they're going to say, leave that out, add this. <laughs> yeah, well, that's about the Comey stuff. It's been so interesting, too, because I've seen such different conclusions or different pieces of information highlighted. I had it kind of on in the background while I was doing stuff the mm -hmm. other day, listening to it and trying to listen for highlights. To me, it seemed pretty uneventful. But then depending on the, the page you go to, you've got a HuffPost and it's bombshells from Comey, Trump a liar. You go to Breitbart and it's like Trump vindicated, right. nothing nothing to see here. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's, it is interesting that the different stories that come out of the same event. I, I've been watching CNN and MSNBC the last few days on the Comey situation. Obviously, I like to switch up what I watch. And I just because of what I was watching, I could have sworn Trump was going to be impeached by now. <laughs> yeah. The way they were talking about it, it was like, he's done, right? And every person they were leading in the questions, they're like, this means Trump is a liar and he broke the law. And it, it, I'm like, oh my goodness, he's done for. And then the testimony comes out and it's exactly what he said a month ago that yeah. they weren't investigating Trump, that he didn't order him to 
uh, stop the investigation on Flynn. So it was just so silly, such a, a waste of my time, that entire thing. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's. I think it ended up being almost three hours, and I think I we're pre-recording this. I still have to review it before we do Sunday's show, and I'm not looking forward to that. I was I was bitching about that right. earlier. Do I really have to go through three hours of Comey tape? <laughs> I'll go through we... the second hour and a half. After. Okay, I'm gonna hold you to that. But <laughs> I I had one question. I'm sure you've explained this a million times, so this might be a million and one. But mm -hmm. I would like to hear it because I don't know if I heard it. You mentioned earlier that you had changed your your gender status in Canada legally to a man. And I've seen some footage like outside Deplorable, that interview with or debate with whoever that lady was and mm -hmm. who misgendered you and that sort of thing. I'm just <laughs> curious about the process. Can you explain like the process in Canada that you went through and then what, if anything, that entitles you to? Like if you're, if you're a legal male in Canada, can you do anything that you wouldn't have been able to do previously? <laughs> That, that's a very good question. Uh, you know, I get my patriarchy points and they put a million dollars in my bank account just for that step up. For well, there was that. A, but I was wondering, like, if you go female. to the gym, <laughs> yeah. I, if you go to the gym, do they make you or you are you allowed to bully your way into like the men's locker room or something? Because <laughs> you're a legal male. See, I, I was thinking about this because, so first of all, the process is I had to go to the doctor and talk to them and they had to confirm that I was a male, which took no, no time at all because every doctor is horrified of being fired from their job. If they so this wasn't a plant you. doctor. This was like, nope. was this, is this your doctor or a doctor you didn't even know? I didn't even know them. I just walked oh, into geez. a random clinic, the closest one. And, and I didn't even have to do multiple tries. Just first one I walked into, the doctor was like, well, I guess I can't deny how you feel. Imagine if someone was like, I am morbidly obese and have a, I'm getting a heart condition, but I feel like I'm fit and gorgeous. And the doctor was <laughs> like, well, I guess I can't deny how you feel. Like we right. literally have a recording right. of them saying that. So like uh, no so physical exam, nothing. You just were like, I'm a dude. And they were like, All no right. hormones. And I literally had my hair like I did this with my hair uh, with a hat over it, like the kind of like fake boy thing you would do when you were like 10 years old and just dicking around. So you did put in <laughs> some effort. You at least put in some effort. I I was still had makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> OK, OK. So you get the doctor's note and then presumably you got to go to like some kind of government office with this note. Yeah, 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 the version of kind of like the DMV Ontario services. Okay. And I walk there and I'm literally in high heels. I have my eyelashes on, lipstick, everything, hair down, walk in there. I ask for a new driver's license and I tell them I'm a male. And the person I'm speaking to looks at me and is like, I'm so sorry, sir. And it's like, you just called me sir, and I've got my hair down and heels on. Yeah. I guess, welcome to the current year, and they had no oh problem. They're like, you know what, she also told me, she was like, oh, I've dealt with these situations before, no problem, we'll get you your card, right gender and everything. And they were so careful about it, and so scared to state the obvious, the obvious that I was not a man. I didn't this Remotely put in any effort. Is this governed by province or is this a national thing in Canada? I'm fairly certain it's a national thing in okay. Canada. Hmm. Um, of course, there it, it could potentially be different, but I'm fairly certain it's a national thing. It was a provincial ID card that I got, though. So I'm legally hmm. in the province of Ontario, a male. 
That's yeah, horrifying. I mean, that... watching these people acquiesce. That's that's really it's funny, <laughs> but it's also so disheartening. I mean, Western civilization, I oscillate between hope and despair. And that was something that I wanted to ask you, like on your average day, are you hopeful that Western civilization is going to be able to persevere? Um, today, I'm feeling like, no, we're totally screwed. <laughs> it's going to have to get worse before it gets better. That's for sure. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm reading uh, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals right now. <laughs> and just the beginning chapter, it was even saying if you want any sort of uh, revolution or change in society, everyone has to feel that there is nothing left and there is no hope left for for anything, which is funny because this was his strategy for the left wing, right? Mm. It's like, just let it crash and burn in this right wing paradise. But what's happening is the, the lefties kind of won and now that's crashing and burning. So, burning. so all the right wingers are, I think, going to start some sort of revolution to turn the clock back, which is the actual definition of revolution. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Um, I know Blonde and I were, were discussing your most recent video because I thought this was pretty interesting when you were talking about identity politics. Mm -hmm. And it, correct me if I'm misunderstanding what kind of your argument was, but you, as I understood it, were saying, look, identity politics can be toxic and divisive and awful, but we ought not to reject it always. And what we want to do is look for sort of the right kind or the wrong kind of identity politics. Is that a fair characterization of of what you'd say. Right. And right, I for sure. And the problem obviously is is that identity politics now is such a toxic word that it's hard to even kind of save it. So when I would even mention the idea of hey, maybe the idea of having a Swedish identity and not just falling into like a Shariaville caliphate is kind of a good idea. And people would be like, oh, what are you, an SJW? You support identity politics? So I couldn't even bring the word identity into the realm right. of debate. How do you think we make the distinction between like the, the, right, the quote unquote right type or the wrong type? Like how would we differentiate between identity politics that are going to be good uh, for how we organize society versus identity politics that are going to be toxic and divisive and bad? Is there a way we can do that? Is there a way we can tell? Well, look at the identities that have created civilizations. Look at the identities that have defended and protected people's rights and come up with the uh, beautiful arts, architectures, and the idea of civil law and these kind of things. And you just say, maybe that wasn't the worst identity ever. Things like, uh, I think, of course, every culture has its good and its bad <laughs> aspects to it. But the... Let me stop you right there. It's, it's, All it's cultures are exactly the same. All <laughs> cultures are exactly the same on this show, okay? Set the rules. Thanks for straighten that out, Gay. Yeah. I should have told so her before it, we went live. It, it, <laughs> if, if you want to protect, for example, the identity of uh, transgender biracial unicorns or something, that's not necessarily a identity that has pushed any society forward. It's not something you should put much political resource into or much thought into really because it's such a niche thing. But even when we talk in larger politics, we talk about uh, the middle class. We talk about groups when we talk in larger politics. And it's, it's important to discuss. Even things, I think, in Canada, for example, we have uh, our native history here in Canada, I actually think it's worthwhile talking about the history of Canada and native identity. And I think it's worthwhile some of these people taking part in whatever it be, their drum circ circles, their cultural 
elements because that has given them meaning and purpose in their life. And it's bringing, bring a lot of uh, family values and these kind of things to them. And I I think, I know a lot of people are like, you're talking about feelings, Lauren, you're talking about feelings, but sorry, the the world functions when we have families working and cultures working and feelings drive a lot of that and normal social interaction drives a lot of that. And yeah, how do you and, even characterize the human experience without your personal identity? I mean, it's it's almost impossible to do to tell people about yourself, who you are, what you believe in, without in some way um, displaying or embodying identity politics. Everybody does it. Yeah. The issue is, is we have been taught that the only aspect of our identity now is our skin color, our gender, or our sexuality, and these are such these are not only such a small part of our identity. They're like so minuscule compared to the large things like our history, our families, our values, our traditions. Yeah. And that is the big aspect of our identity that gives us meaning in our lives and has pushed forward Western civilization. And our politicians want us to forget about that. It is much easier for them to control us through the device of politics, of uh, just making their silly pride parades and dividing us on uh, race levels and gender levels. I wanted to cover this story. Speaking of pride parade, I didn't get a chance to this week to talk about it, but did you see, I I assume you're familiar with the big Black Lives Matter shutdown of the pride parade last year. Of course, with Nusra. And now the news is that they did not register, Black Lives Matter is not participating in the pride parade this year after they bullied the cops out of the pride parade. Do I have that correct? I think that's the story. They just didn't think, sign up. They're incompetent as all hell. <laughs> they just want to bully, but they don't want to do the paperwork to actually participate. It That's, wasn't some like, you know, big rejection of what happened last year. They just I don't think didn't so, do the paperwork. They, basically, all their demands were conceded <laughs> to, as far as I understand. But I, oh, I'm not boy. fully caught up on the story. I just ugh, it goes to show what happens when you yield everything to these people. They'll but I probably, do appreciate. Oh, sorry. Go continue. Ahead. I was going to say, I just, I appreciate some of the, some of the perspective you're offering on this. Cause I consider myself as a, a person who the, 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 the term identity politics, it seems toxic to me. And I'm a person who has that kind of knee jerk rejection reaction to it. But then I think about it and some of the things you're saying, and it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't really care about race and gender and sexuality, but when it comes down to being an American and American values, like that is an identity that is really, really important to me. And we kind of forget that. And the the identity that you're talking about, which could be nationality, but definitely embodies a set of values that are associated with that nationality. That's the one identity that is always rejected by the left. Yes, you know the open exactly. borders people, the globalists. The globalists don't want to talk about that identity. You know how that works <laughs> out. But um, it's interesting to think about the nuances of this because if you if you say you don't care about identity at all, I do think there's probably a little bit of a lie there. And I think this is the, it's so funny because I have people that have been tweeting me, like getting angry. They're like, I can't believe Lauren's an SJW now. And I'll like go and look at their Twitter profile or something. And it's like Zionist. And I'm like, well, you know, you kind of agree with some sort of identity there (laughs) or it's like feminist or whatever, you know? And I'm like, like, even if they're, they don't know that they're doing it, they're doing it subconsciously. A lot of people. It's one of the biggest issues, I think, in our current society, especially in Europe. It's what's causing for cultural enclaves is this crisis of identity that we're ignoring and not talking about. And the biggest thing is we act like these identities and the actual parts of our identities, the history, the values, the traditions, are things that we can just 
uh, that just pass on to people when they step on European or American soil. That is not the truth. If you lived in the West all your life and then moved into a Asian country or a Middle Eastern country, how quickly would you be able to pick up the customs there? How quickly would you be able to understand the values and let alone accept the values? And then if you had children there, especially with someone who is also Western, would you pass on those values to your kids? Yeah. The reality and that assumes is, you want to also. Yeah. Right. The reality is I would teach my kids Western values because I would want them to be like me. I would want mm -hmm. to be able to relate to them. And I'd probably prefer the values of my hometown. So you know, we have to talk about this because you have communities like Markslow in Germany, which I visited, which the entire place is just Turkish flags. If Germany and Turkey go to war, who is Markslow going to stand with? Not Germany, that's for sure. So this is stuff that is seriously going to impact us. And yes, it's all based around identity politics. And maybe defending German identity within Germany is important. And yeah, maybe defending Turkish identity within Turkey is important as well. But it's not SJW-esque to want to talk about that. <laughs> hmm. well, and it I'm is a primal instinct. I mean, we can't ask people to abandon their identity. All of us um, kind of, you know, you surround yourself with people that agree with you to some degree, that you get along with, that share your customs and that understand your traditions. And asking people to abandon that, um, it's not realistic and it'll put them in a situation where they're alienated from their communities. Mm -hmm. hmm. Let me ask you about one more thing before we rounded out here. But I was looking at this story before we went live and, and your detainment by Italian Coast Guard people. Is that correct? <laughs> Oops. Can, can you explain some of that? I'd just like to hear the story and sort of what happened. I read happened. the Salon Obviously, article this week about it. Don't put Did yourself they write in a Salon legal... article? Yeah, your tweet was featured prominently within it. <laughs> <laughs> don't put yourself in any kind of legal jeopardy, but if you're able to explain the story, I'd like to hear it. Well, you know, don't you ever just get the, the urge to go set some drowning refugee babies on fire in the Mediterranean? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Happens to uh, the best of us. Yeah, uh, it sounds like you should be a vacation planner. You might set up a website <laughs> for that. Uh, seriously, though, um, what happened is this boat, the Aquarius, we had been calling NGOs for the last little bit, figuring out which boats were going out into Libyan waters to bring illegal migrants into Europe. And... I need to clarify this to people. These are, in fact, illegal migrants. These are not refugees. These pe people pay upwards of 3,000 euros to get smugglers to bring them into the Mediterranean uh, ocean to be picked up by, sorry, see, ugh, spaghetti, to get picked up by NGOs and brought to Europe. And, you know, no, no family that is starving or struggling has that kind of money to do that and the majority of these people are not from syria they're from sudan they're from places where no one would be considered a refugee eritrea wherever and so we called around ngos to find out which boats were going out there we managed to find the aquarius what time it was leaving and our plan was to block it and yes use a flare to light up our flag not shoot it at the boat and um the the Aquarius was not, it did not have any refugees on it. It was simply going out to those waters to go pick people up. And the big thing that people don't realize is that if these boats were going out there to save people in the water, myself and people within Generation Identitaire would have no issue with that whatsoever. In fact, I think that's a wonderful thing. I don't want to see people hurt. I don't want to see people drown. I don't want to see people die. But the problem is when they don't bring them back to Libya and they bring them back to Europe, that is illegal 
smuggling of people that is not mm. saving people that is that becomes an illegal act which does endanger the european population after that when we don't know who these people are with terrorism on the rise and simply you keep bringing these people in the welfare systems in europe are not going to be able to support it and if you keep sending the ngo boats out then they're going to keep coming out with their smugglers because they know it'll have a free ride to europe if the boats stop then the people stop coming out, less people die in the Mediterranean because less people will go out in the first place, and less people will die in Europe because there will be less issues with the massive, massive amounts of illegal migrant crime. So I we've raised around $80,000 with the uh, Europe mission. We've had tons and tons and tons of Navy uh, sailors volunteer, and they're mm. going to be starting big missions during the summer to stop these NGO boats from going out so that less and less illegal migrants will be coming out into the water and drowning and coming into Europe and causing crime. Hmm. How, uh, how long were you detained? <laughs> like, okay, the- <laughs> I, well, maybe you can't talk about it. I'm curious. I, I, I appreciate the explanation. Of course, I'm just a little curious about like the actual arrest, right. if that's what the term is. I don't know, but that's interesting to me. This is the issue with Italians is the, love, love them to death. Gabri Ponto, the whole thing, you know, whatever. They're very lazy, though, in southern Italy. Okay. So they, they, they took, took a wine break and you escaped they, or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Okay. They say dobo de mani. It means I'll do it tomorrow. Okay. Dobo de mani. <laughs> so they did detain us uh, on the water and they took all our ID, yada, yada, yada. And then they were like, okay, we're going to escort you back to the dock here. And then there's going to be police basically waiting for you when you get off the dock and uh, you can go with them. We'll, we'll figure it out later. There'll be a fine, whatever. So we go with them to the dock and then we wait when we get out of the ship and no cops show up. So like wow. 10 minutes, we're like, where are the cops? Okay, guess they're not coming. I guess they got... <laughs> got lazy and just decided not to come. So we left and I was so nervous when I was leaving Italy on my flight. I was just like waiting for it at immigration (laughs) to be caught. Uh, But nothing happened when I left Europe. I was totally good. Although apparently they did go to the Airbnb, the police later that I was staying at with a bunch of the Generation Identity guys and asked them for our information and everything. So I don't know what kind of follow-up case they're working on, but It'll probably take around seven years knowing Southern Italians, so I'm yeah. not too worried. Oh, well, that's good to I hear. love you to death, Italy. You guys are great, but, you know, ugh, your stores are open from, like, 8 a.m. to 12 o'clock. Like, what is <laughs> And that? then you take a three-hour break, and then you're open for another hour. Yeah. yeah. What is that? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> All right. Well, we're about at time. Did you have any anything else you wanted to ask, Blonde? Uh, no, she was she was pretty um, insistent that she had to go. We would like to I keep know. her for long. <laughs> got, to grill, got to grill steaks. You, I you, can, you can ask another question if you'd like. I, well, I, I'd like to grill some steaks too. So Okay, perfect. We, we appreciate your time and, and coming on here, making time for this show. That is our guest, Lauren Southern. Find her links atop the podcast description here. If you, hadn't, if you haven't heard of her, I don't know who you are if you haven't, but click the links, subscribe, follow, all that stuff. Thank you, Lauren, and uh, I hope we'll speak again soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Have a great night. Bye.